Also, beer and whiskers. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. No time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. It must be awfully important, like a party or something. Mr. Rabbit, wait! No, 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 I'm overdue. I'm really in a stew. No time to say goodbye. Hello, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. I kind of like that angelic music when I'm about to speak. Yeah, that sounds kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really why we showed that clip, the, the music. We showed the clip because the, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. I have no time to say hello, goodbye. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Can anybody relate to that? Okay. Yeah, that's the, the busier, we, the faster and easier it is to communicate, the busier and the faster our life goes. And then all of a sudden we get to the end of a month, or the end of a year, and Doggone it, we're almost two years into 2016 already, and we're going, this year I was going to spend more time on relationships. And where'd the time go? Well, today we want to talk with you about how to um, find more time for building relationships and talking about things that are truly important in our lives. Joining me today is Shane Seeger. Shane, would you say hi to everybody? Hey, good morning. Uh, Shane works with all of our site pastors and makes sure that we get this right with all of them and that they're teaching their folks how to find time for relationships. Because at Center Point, we believe it is all about relationships, the right relationship with God and the right relationship with others. How are we going to find time for that? Today, we hope we can give you some real creative ideas on how to make use of our time in new ways that'll open up a lot of opportunities for us. Would you pray for us, please, Shane? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to come and to worship you and to, to hear from you and to learn how to accomplish what you've called us to do. And God, we know relationships are important to you. And if we don't make time, we can't enjoy those to the fullest or have the influence that you want us to have in people. So God, I pray that today you will speak, that you'll move John and myself out of the way and that we'll hear your word and know how to accomplish what you called us to do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, inside your bulletin, you find an outline just entitled Making Time for Relationships. And point A says this, the greatest thing that we can do for someone is help them begin or grow in a relationship with Jesus. That's the greatest thing we can do. Uh, some of you have experienced this. I know some people just this last Christmas told me that this was their first Christmas. 2015 was their first Christmas as a Christian. Changed their whole lives. It was like, it was amazing to them. Some of you, it's happened since the first of the year where you've really gotten serious about a relationship with Christ. You're reading your Bible and other things. You're growing and you're going, man, my life has just changed. It's like I'm a completely different person. Well, that's the idea, and we would love for everybody to experience that. In fact, when the Apostle Paul was writing the Corinthians, here's what he said in 2 Corinthians 5.19. He said, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We have the wonderful message that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that when we come to him, not only does he forgive us of our sins, but he fills us with his Holy Spirit and empowers us to live the life we always wanted. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? Amen. Well, yeah. Well, why wouldn't that be good news to everybody else? I mean, that's the point, Shane. This is, this is good news for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, the best way to help people to encounter this message is to share it with your life. I mean, we know words are important, but it's the, the power of relationships, being able to engage people so that they can see you, what's going on in your life, how you deal with concerns, how you deal with uh, pressure and everything that goes on in your life. That says a lot about who Christ is and what difference he makes in your life. And when, when people see the difference in you, they want to experience that. So relationships are a key way of helping us to communicate this message. 
And that brings us to point B, all of us, and if you'd circle the word all, I'd put that in all caps, uh, but circle that, all of us have been commissioned by Jesus to influence others for him. And I'll explain why I chose those words, the word influence there in just a second. But listen to what Jesus said. Right before he ascended to heaven, he told his disciples, I'm leaving you here. I have a mission for you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I taught you. And that's something that we're referring to today as influence. Because when we make disciples and we meet people, they're not all just in two camps of uh, a total atheist or Billy Graham, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, nobody's just an either or. I mean, people are at different places, different stages in their life. And what we've done in the past is we've kind of used this little graph to illustrate where people are. You know, some people are a negative 10. They're, they're far from God. They might not even believe that there is a God. And then there are others who are, um, who are negative five. They're, they're just not sure. You know, it's not that they say there is no God. They're just not sure. And then around here, around a negative two, negative one, that's when people start possibly saying, I'm open to coming to church. You know, we invite people to come to church with us. Maybe at a negative one, they're interested in saying, I want to know more about Jesus like you know him. Tell me a little bit more about this. And they, at zero is when someone actually invites Christ into their life, enters into a relationship with him, becomes a, what we call a Christian. And then, of course, it's not just the goal just to ask, you know, for someone to ask Christ in life. It's to grow into his image, to become more like him. So there's stages along that, too. I mean, we know that when we ask Jesus in the heart, we're not fully developed. There's a lot of growth that needs to happen. Yeah, and so the whole point is, is that we all know people in our lives that are friends or relatives or acquaintances, neighbors, where some of them are here, some of them are here, some are here, some are here. Well, our job at the church is to help every person grow. I mean, we want to present every man complete in Christ. And so we're always trying to influence people, no matter where you are, a little closer, to go a little deeper, a little farther in a relationship with God. And so this is true for all of us. And making disciples, well, when we're going to spend time with people, it doesn't have to be that we sh- that, that only counts as sharing the gospel or something like that, correct? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if someone's a negative 10, and your first question to them is, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you were to die tonight, how sure would you be that you're going to go to heaven? That's probably not the best place to begin that conversation with them. Yeah. You might not have a follow-up conversation. Yeah. But the thing is, with the relationship, what it allows us to do, because of a relationship creates time and proximity, we can continue to take steps with people. We can have multiple conversations. We can have multiple encounters with someone that helps them to understand who God is and what he's done for the, not only for us, but for them as well. And that's the note in your outline. Relationships are the best means we have to influence others for Jesus. Of course they are. Because in relationships, people get to see you up close, right? That's right. And that's where, you know, our faith becomes real. There's a lot of people who've attended meetings And they leave and go, well, that was nice, but I don't know what difference it's going to make. When someone sees you in life, how you talk to your spouse, how you react with your children, how you deal with a difficult circumstance at work, when they begin to see there's something different about you, they'll they'll begin to say, what is that? I'm interested in knowing what, what helps you in those situations that I feel like just overwhelm me. And that's when you can say, well, let me tell you about this. Why don't you come join me? Let me pray for you. Let me give you something that I read that really helped me. And all those things are part of the process. You know, there are times when 
I get to be the person who prays with someone who is right here and I get to uh, share the gospel with them and they become a Christian and other things. Well, I could sit there and say, well, you know, I took them from here to here, but then I spent some time talking to them and I found out their grandmother was praying for them for 20 years. They're, they had a brother who invited them to all these different things. They've been getting all these influences that God's been hammering away at them for years. I was just the last step. And some of you will find yourselves there with a friend. You might also be here with a friend. But the point is, Shane, it all counts. Any, these are all important conversations. Yeah, all of it is important. And that's one of the things we talk about, why you know relationships are so important on the front of your bulletin. We say it's all about relationships. Because this is not a church that's just about the meetings where you bring people here and then the guru can tell everybody how to do it. This is where, yeah, this is where <laughs> we all get to have an influence in people's lives. Because you remember... All of us have been given this message. Yeah, I like that title, Guru. Yeah, you know, I'm going like to keep that. Okay. We've got a lot of other titles for you there, as well. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, did I mention that Shane will be joining another staff pretty soon? Anyway, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, First Thessalonians 2.8, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Listen to how Paul talks about just what we're talking about here. Because you've become so dear to us. Can you write below that unconditional friendship? unconditional friendship. What if I just wanted to be a friend to somebody? What if I said, I'm going to be your friend and I'm going to allow you to see my relationship with God up close, my relationship with other Christians up close. And what if we helped them when we could prayed for them when we could. And what if we just were friends? I mean, as you see with some of the scriptures going to read through this is exactly the way Jesus lived when he was among us. Here's a note, but there's a big reason why people don't do this. Well, what, what would keep any from doing this? This makes sense, John. Why wouldn't people do this? Well, here's the note. A big reason why many of us don't reach out more often is we don't have enough time. Could you say that with me? We, we don't, don't have, have enough, enough time. time. Now, I know this is true because I talk to people all the time about this. I draw this on a whiteboard in my office or on a napkin or other things and say it, and they go, well, I'd love to do that, but I just don't have enough time. And so, Shane, the balance of our message here today is to help us find more time in the days, in the hours we already have, right? Right, because we all only have 24 hours in a day. And the point is, is how can we get the most? How can we load our time with intentionality without bogging you down with more things that you have to add to your schedule? It's about taking advantage of the things that you are already doing and the people that you love and care about and are interested in building a relationship. They're already doing these things as well. So, point C, there are seven rhythms, and we call them rhythms because these are things that reoccur in our lives all over and over again as Christians. If we took advantage of them, we'd be able to do a much better job of influencing people a little farther down that timeline. So, uh, rhythms, things we already spend time doing that we can use to build relationships and influence others for Jesus. Uh, this is something that's clear in the Old Testament as well as the New Deuteronomy 6, when Moses was talking to the children of Israel how to influence their children, he said, you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. So you get the idea exactly the way it works with children is the way it works with any relationship. If I want to influence people, I've got to incorporate this as I go. I mean, another way to translate, go ye therefore, is as you go... Therefore, do this. But this is stuff in the morning, in the evening, when we go somewhere, I'm incorporating my faith 
into everyday life and talking about the things when they come up. Teachable moments, right? Yeah, because you have to take advantage of the opportunity when it comes to you. You can't schedule everything out in advance um, because it's hard to obviously coordinate people's schedule. And, and also, we want to help you to become as effective as you can in your relationship with God without feeling like, okay, well, how can I do this? I got a worship service, got connect groups, do I, do I a service team, then a prayer group, and then an accountability part. And pretty soon you feel overwhelmed because we said in order for you to be uh, an effective Christian, you're going to have to add 10 more groups and hours of things to your life. That would cause most of us to say, well, I don't even know if I can do that. Right. So what if we just took advantage of time that we already had? And what if we said, hey, these are seven rhythms that in a Christian life that I could use to influence others for Jesus. First one would be hopefully pretty obvious is worship. What we're attending right now as you're hearing this message is a worship service. We've designed these worship services to be as user-friendly as we possibly can. All the outlines, all the notes, the scripture readings are right there printed out. So even if somebody didn't bring a Bible, you could bring somebody who didn't even own a Bible and they'd know what we were talking about. I mean, can you imagine last week we looked up a verse from Malachi 2, and if we'd have told people find Malachi 2, they go, where's Malachi 2? I mean, what is that? They don't even know what that is. But if it's printed out in front of them, they can read along. Oh, and it's on the screen. And the words to the songs are on the screen. So you can sing along even if you don't know it. And there's no dress code. All these things, we tried to knock away everything that would hinder us that people might use as an objection to say, oh, I, I don't fit in. Sure you do. Come join us. In fact, this is what Psalm 122.1 says. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And so we hope that you'll use worship as one of those rhythms. Secondly, we hope you use your connect groups as a rhythm. If you're a part of a small group, we want you to be able to invite friends to that when they really need to hear this. Hey, I mean, this is somebody who could use the influence of a group. They just moved here. They've got, they've got, they're married. They've got kids. They're Christians. But the guy doesn't seem to know jack about being a good husband. Or... Maybe they're Christians, but they don't know anything about managing money. Well, a connect group's a great way to build friends who can give you advice. Where are you going to find that? And so these things happen. Um, Hebrews talks just this way. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And encouragement is a big part of our connect groups, right? Well, of course, because life is hard. I mean, we're all having difficulties or challenges that we don't live in a bubble where everything is perfect and we need people who can come along and encourage us and speak truth to us and and it's not only what we can receive from them but everybody in that group needs something that you can offer as well and it just helps us to take a step further from just inviting them to worship where hopefully all of you are being friendly but to even bring it further to say hey let's make friends let's spend some time together let's have more conversations with each other yeah and so we want you to take advantage of these. We've talked about worship and connect groups before, though, and so I'm, gonna go, I'm going through those pretty quickly because I want to hit these last five. There are five other rhythms in life that many of us never take advantage of to influence people spiritually. Right, because the first two, John, in this area alone, only 40% of the people that live in this area go to church with any kind of consistency. And when I mean any kind of consistency, we might be talking uh, you know, once, twice, three times a year type thing. And so if only 40% go, that means 60% of the people that you and I care about, people that we love, friends that we have, who are not engaged in a relationship with God. And if our only way of engaging them is saying, hey, come to a worship service or a connect group, you know, 60% of them are probably going to say, well, I've been to church before, 
and it didn't quite work for me. It's not like around here they don't know who Jesus is, doesn't know what a church is. Most of them have been disappointed in some way in their relationship with God, Mm. or they've been hurt by another Christian, and so they kind of write it all off. And if we're going to help people to re-engage God, who is real, who deserves full trust, they're going to have to be won back over through an authentic relationship with someone who's really living their faith. And so we're going to spend the balance of our time here hitting these other five ways that you and I could influence people for God, ways, things we're already doing. And we hope this will be very helpful to you. It's been insightful to all of us and all the people we bring on staff. This is what we want them to understand. The first, this will be point three on your outline, is meals. I am committed to eating 21 times this next week. You going to join me? I'll even do you a couple better. Okay, there we go. Shane's all in. <laughs> I'm all in, baby. I'm not missing any meals. Okay, now think about this. If I'm going to eat 21 times this next week, what if one of those meals I, I purposed and I said, I'm going to meet someone for coffee, or I'm going to meet someone for breakfast, or I'm going to brown bag lunch with somebody so I can talk to them and see how they're doing. Somebody's been on my mind for a while. Somebody, and this could be anywhere along the spectrum. This could be somebody who's just a friend of mine, maybe doesn't go to church at all. I'd just like to see how he's doing. How am I going to pray for him unless I know what's going on in his life? Or it could be somebody who's just become a believer, but they've never gotten in a connect group. Hey, can I talk to you and pray for you about that? Well, when am I going to find time? I don't have time. You're going to eat? Yeah, you just made time. What if one meal a week? And that's what we're talking about. Yeah, there's just something that happens when you have a conversation around food. People just seem a little bit more relaxed, just things uh, you're able to talk. And if you spend time with someone eating, you'll begin to hear all kinds of ways that you can invest in their lives. Did Jesus do this? You better believe he did. This is from Luke 5. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet at his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, Why do you eat and drink with such scum? And Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Okay, so let's say I have a friend of mine who isn't religious, doesn't go to church, has all kinds of problems and issues. Well, I may not have a lot in common with him, but I'll tell you, because he's way over here and I might be over here spiritually, but one thing I do have in common, I'm going to eat. And so will he. Well, why don't we eat together? Jesus did this. He even did this when people criticized him for doing that. Do you know that people criticize the Son of God for eating with sinners? Well, why would they do that? Because Jesus shouldn't come into the world to save sinners. Well, that's all that's here. And so sooner or later, we got to get this through our heads. This, having a meal with someone, having a cup of coffee with someone, that's how we can start a relationship and get to know them. Breaking bread together is important. Secondly, is conversations. Shane, what do we mean by those? Conversations is just simply asking questions, listening to others, and making small talk. Yeah, and this happens all the time. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, again, you don't have to have an outline of here's the four things I want to cover in my relation, my conversation with this next person. It's just simply going, "Hey, how are you doing?" and really listening to find out what's going on. Making small talk, talking about things that are going on in your life, your children, work, whatever it is. Because guess what? People love to talk about similar things that are going on in their life. And if you're like me, when you talk about those things, you begin to also reveal a little bit. Well, some things are a little bit more difficult. And if you're perceptive, if you're listening, 
where they're having some challenges or some difficulties, that gives you a great opportunity to be a good friend. Did Jesus do this? Oh, yeah. John 4. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down at the well. It was noon. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? Now, his disciples had gone to the village that was nearby to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. And Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink, and I'd give you fresh living water. Here's Jesus again, mixing it up with someone he just met at a well. This is like you have an office function, and there's a coworker you've never met before, and you're sitting down and having a snack together or a break together, and you strike up a conversation. And all of a sudden you realize you have a lot more in common with this person than you thought. And you go, wow, I just really like to get to know that person. And then you ask him, hey, you involved in church anywhere? No. Why don't you join me this next week? That's how some of you got to center point. You struck up a conversation with someone at Walmart or at a party or other things like this. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you've got some new friends. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. In fact, you can't have significant connections or relationships without, with people without communicating, without having conversations. I bet you if you were to think about every relationship you have right now, you would realize it started with some form of communication. And again, it's not so difficult. You don't always have to start with where you want the relationship to end. You just need to start with where it is. And that's very simple. And phone calls count, don't Phone they? calls, text, just even texting. Hey, I was thinking about you today. How are you doing? That gives you a great opportunity for them to reciprocate. And then you might pick up a phone or you can just call someone or even do walk-bys at work, you know, when you're headed to your your desk or your cubicle, just kind of stop by and just say, hey, how'd the weekend go? Whatever it is, those are just simple ways to engage people. But think if we prayed about those and said, Lord, would you direct my conversations today? Would you help me give a word of encouragement in the conversations I'm involved in today? Hmm. Point five, service. Service. What do we mean by that, Shane? Basically, just to demonstrate how much we care through just simple acts of kindness that allow us to show hey, you're important to me? Yeah, this could be anything. Are there stories like this in the New Testament? Yep. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas, a terrible, unfortunate translation there. Okay, but anyway, uh, she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby and lit us, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing Peter the coats and other clothes that Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. And then he called the widows and all the believers and presented her to them alive. Do you know when Peter showed up, they didn't show him all the Sunday school lessons she taught. They didn't show him all the CDs of the messages. You know what they showed him? The kind things she'd done, the clothes she'd made for poor people. Do you know how she built relationships with all these people so much that they sent somebody to go get Peter? You got to have her. We got to have her back. This is a woman who lives her faith. You know how she demonstrated it? By acts of service. And these are things we can do. Yeah, again, I, I want to reiterate everything along this line is just do the simple thing. Again, it doesn't have to be complex. I mean, here was a need. People needed some clothing, and she had a gift of being able to sew, and she did that. Uh, and we all have little things that we can do. When you see a need, just say, God, how can I meet that need? You'd be surprised whether it's an actual act 
or even a kind word. Because, you know, there's some people that are so lonely. Just to have someone even engage them by talking to them is a tremendous act of service. So don't discount anything that you do in word or deed that can't be used for God. I mean, he said, even if you give a cup of water in my name. So just remember, there's lots of little things that we can do. And the whole idea is just to influence people closer to him. And what if we thought that way? Point six, celebrations. Celebrations. There was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana. This is John 2 in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. So just note this. This is a celebration they were all invited to. Jesus didn't plan it. The disciples didn't plan it. They were all just invited to it. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told them, they have no more wine. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out, take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, he called the bridegroom over and said, a host always serves the best wine first. Then everyone has a lot to who's has had a lot to drink. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you've kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. I don't want to focus on the miracle that was done here, but again, where did it happen? At a place where he and the disciples were already invited. And many times there are celebrations that happen in our lives. If we took advantage of them, man, the conversations we could have, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's all kinds of celebrations. Uh, birthday parties, uh, retirement celebrations, whatever. Things that are going on personally, but there's also things going on in our community that you could be a part of. Let's say if there's a 4th of July fireworks thing and you're planning on going and you know another family, hey, let's go together. You know, take advantage of the things that you're going to be doing together in order to build the relationship. And remember, on some of these things, when he met the woman at the well, well, she's way over here. She's far from God. At the wedding reception, he's with the disciples already following him. But he took advantage of all those things. One group here, another group here. But he was looking at all these rhythms and saying, I'm going to take advantage of a celebration where I already am going. I mean, I didn't have to pay anything for it. I just have to use the moment. And what if we thought that way? Hey, you're going too? Hey, let's share a ride. I'd love to spend some time with you. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Instead of just driving there by ourselves, never praying about these things that come up in our schedules all the time. It's how we can find time we're already spending. I'm going to the celebration anyway, but now I can double up on it and I can spend some time with you because I really want to be with you. And finally, the last one, number seven, is recreation. What do we mean by that, Shane? Well, everybody needs to relax and recharge, and recreation is anything you do that helps you to, to, to build back up. A lot of people do hobbies, uh, their leisure activities, um, you know, people play golf, they run, they do all kinds of things. It's just the things that you're doing, find other people enjoy doing and invite them to do it with you. Or if you really enjoy the company of someone and they have a hobby and you're like, I'd really like to spend more time with them, maybe you find out how you can develop that hobby and do it together with them as well. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of runners here. I don't use that one to share my faith because all I'd get out is call 911. I can't breathe, okay? Hyperventilating is not a great way to have a conversation with someone. It's it's probably not any good. But each of us, some of us are runners. Some of us can whittle. Some of us can do all kinds of things. And it's just important for us to take advantage of whatever skills or hobbies we have and use them for God's glory. Listen to what Jesus told the disciples. When ministry had really been hectic, he said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. 
This is inviting a friend to go fishing with you. Inviting a friend to take a day off. I mean, Jesus did that with his disciples. Paul said, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. So I can bring them a whittle closer to Jesus. That's right, just a whittle. <laughs> yeah, you'll get it later. Anyway, um, anyway, not funny. Uh, but the idea is that all Keep of us... Keep saying it. It'll be funny eventually. Yeah, it won't. <laughs> hey, the truth is, though, am I willing to earn the right to be heard? Am I willing to invest the time? What if I prayed about this? What if I prayed about my hobbies? I mean, there are uh, celebrations that we have in the fall here every year. That's right, tailgating. You know, you're, you're going to go watch the game, probably go have a party. And the great thing is you're doing it with your friends, which is a great way to invite other people because not only do you now get to have influence on them, you get to invite or introduce them to others who can have influence in their life as well. I mean, think about that. If we weren't just intentional about getting there early enough to get a good spot, but we were intentional about inviting someone to come join us and meet our friends, people we've been praying for, people we know that could use some real encouragement. Man, this guy, he's going through a lot right now. He had some family members that passed away. He's had a hard time in his career. I wish there was some way I could encourage him. Why don't you invite him to come to the tailgate and hang out with you for a day and introduce him to your friends? Or what if I just gave him a call and said, hey, you've been on my mind lately. You got time to get a cup of coffee this week? I'd like to hear how things are going. I mean, what if we did this? Well, my friends, then we'd be acting like Jesus. And this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to use our worship and our connect groups. And do you understand that somebody who might be way over here at the beginning and saying, I don't want to do that. Well, by the time we built relationships by serving them and have, going bowling with them or whatever we're going to do, do you realize by the time we built a relationship with them, now all of a sudden they're perfectly willing to come to a connect group. They didn't want to come because they didn't know anybody, but now they know me or now they know you. And now they're willing to come. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to use every opportunity to influence others for him. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I just pray that we will take advantage of every opportunity to influence others for you. Lord, we all have 24 hours in a day. And Lord, I just pray that that this message today has helped us think through how we can use some things that we're already doing for your glory. I pray, Lord, that we would pray now for cousins or co-workers or dear friends going through hard times or just need some encouragement. We'd say, oh, I know a way we could encourage them. Let's have them over for dinner. Let's invite them to go with us. Well, we're all going to that uh, meeting. And so, God, I just pray that you help us think this way. I thank you for Jesus, who was never too busy to mix it up with the woman at the well. He wasn't too busy to go to Levi's house for dinner. And Lord, I just pray that we'll be more like him. Thanks for the day. Thanks for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.